0: You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com.
1: It is the Dave Rothenberg Show, but of course, the summer of Dave and his limitless vacation just continue. I mean, he is burning through. Has he been saving up vacation days for like five years? It feels like he's like Andy Dufresne slowly depositing his uh, rock wall in the in the in the yard. I mean, wow, a lot of vacation for Dave. Good for him. Hope he's enjoying it wherever he is. But I am Gordon Damer back from vacation two weeks away. And hopefully you're having a fantastic weekend. Hopefully you are, I guess, I don't know what, the way, what way to say it, the impending doom of this hurricane. Uh, I don't want to overdo it, but just kind of judging by the news reports that I have seen. Certainly seems a good possibility that the world will end this weekend, which Met fans probably are saying, oh, thank God. <laughs> we, can finally, we can finally end it for everybody. Fantastic. But of course, the number you know, 1-800-919-ESPN. Uh, I am on Twitter, at Gordon Damer, on Instagram, at Gordon Damer, But most importantly, right here on your radio until noon today, right? Three big hours, three big hours after, for me, two weeks off. Two-week vacation, fantastic time to uh, get away, but also kind of, in a way, a terrible time to get away. Because while I was away, the Yankees went from this, you know, revamped team, maybe showing some signs of life for the first time, maybe all season, first time certainly in a long time, and I come back, and they are just a team that is steamrolling their way to October. Now look, it's, what did I say? August 21st. October's not that far away. And driving home from vacation yesterday, you know what I saw on the road, which it seemed a little early to me. I, sp- I saw a spirit Halloween. I saw what, they plant some seeds and those, those stores just kind of pop up. So you know that October is not that far away. And for the Yankees, it certainly seems like that they will be taking part in that October, taking part in that postseason. Team now that has won, what, eight in a row? A team that has, in my time since being on the air, has passed the Red Sox, has passed the A's, a team that's closed in on 20 games over 500. And a team, now look, I don't want to get carried away. I don't want to get too worked up about it. But I mean, just taking a look at the math, and the math—you can't debate math. Math is numbers, and the numbers are what the numbers are. A Yankee team that is suddenly four games back of the Tampa Bay Rays. But we'll leave—we'll leave that for another day. We'll leave that for maybe next week. I don't know. Dave might be a vacation again. Then who knows? I mean, got a lot of time. But if you think about it, if I told you a month ago. Actually, less than a month ago. You come off losing three or four to the Red Sox at Fenway. Remember, the the first game was that uh, the Brooks-Kriskie disaster. And then the Friday game, they lose with Cole starting. Uh, and they, they lose three or four. I think at that point, they were nine games back. Maybe nine and a half. Whatever it was. It was a lot. And back then, fifty-one Four games over 500. And at that point, phew, season's over. Season's done. This team is not going anywhere. A month ago, the Yankees, according to Fangraphs, had playoff odds at uh, 36%. As you wake up on this overcast Saturday morning, Fangraphs has them at 85%. What a turnaround. What a turnaround from this team. The, I think it all obviously starts at the trade deadline, with the Gallo acquisition, the Rizzo acquisition. But you take a look at all the other guys who are coming through. Perfect example. Last night, Nestor Cortez. How big has he been? Obviously, since I've been away, Andrew Velasquez has been fantastic. Last night, the bases loaded walk. But uh, Luis Heel has been fantastic. Abreu has been fantastic. Peralta has turned his season around. And speaking of last night, how about Luke Voigt? Two-run single in the first... RBI double in the fourth, solo home run in the seventh. And I got to be honest, I could not get over the reaction to the comments he made. I think it was about a week ago where he essentially said that he deserves to play even when Anthony Rizzo was back. You would have thought that he came into the, uh, the, the Zoom room and was flipping the double middle birds like Brian Cox back in the day in Buffalo and was screaming and yelling about this thing and that thing. As the kids say, when you take a look at his statement, spot the lie. In case you forgot, in case you've been on vacation, this is what Luke Voigt had to say basically a week ago. Yeah. You know, I feel like I'm uh, hitting my stride, you know, after, you know, getting a week's towards of the games under me and, you know, I was top 10 MVP last year, and I've been a great player for this organization for the last three years. And, you know, I'm not going down. You know, I want to play. Obviously, I know it's going to be tougher with Rizzo, but, you know, I deserve to play uh, just as much as he does. And, um, you know, I led the league in home runs last year, and I feel uh, feel really good again. And um, obviously, you know, the injury bug is a reason he's here, you know, because of me. But, um, yeah, I mean, obviously, I hope Booney can do whatever he can to, you know, try to get me some consistent at-best. Yeah, again, spot the lie. I could not get over the overreaction to what he said. I mean, I guess if you want to twist it, I deserved, oh, you deserve to play. Oh, well, you know, you've been hurt a lot. But I mean, what did he say in that whole statement that was wrong? And it wasn't, again, like he said, Aaron, boom, better make sure I'm in the lineup. So, yeah, absolutely, he does deserve to play. He has been a good player for this organization for a while now. So it's just been amazing the two weeks that you've seen... Uh, that since I've been away, it felt like it's kind of gotten back to where you thought it would be at the beginning of the season. You know, firing up uh, while I'm away, uh, uh, that Yes app. I don't know. Has anybody heard that Yes now has an app? I don't know if anybody else has been pointed that out. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's been fantastic, and it's kind of been what you were hoping coming into the year. And, and yesterday, perfect example, driving home from vacation, got the Yankees on the radio, get a little feel – Right away, scoring runs in the first inning. Right away, Aaron Boone—excuse me, Aaron Judge—with the two-run home run in the second inning. Thank God for the Minnesota Twins. It's it was fantastic. It it made the long drive feel that much shorter, and it was kind of fitting of the way that things have been going because the drive went very quick. Listening to the Yankee game, we get home, do a little unpacking. I said, you know what? Got to go down and watch the Mets for a little while. Got to check in, see how the Mets are faring out in L.A. against the Dodgers. I've heard, again, haven't really followed it as closely, heard the Mets have kind of been going through it a little bit. Went downstairs, put on the game, immediately fell asleep. And that uh, kind of tells you the tale. Yankees flying high, Mets falling asleep. But let's focus on the Yankees. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. 1-800-919-3776. And I think the thing that I want to focus on today is that I think a lot of you, O'Brien oh, Brian Cashman, an apology. It's very funny to me, the reaction when the Yankees are doing poorly or when the Mets are doing poorly, and the reaction, you know, judging the two at the same time, even if they're not happening at the same time. Because right now, the Mets are obviously not doing all that well, and it seems like I think the right reaction is, well, the season's over. But remember, again, remember like a month ago? It wasn't that long ago. It wasn't even really a month ago. You heard Yankee fans. Not all of you. I'm not going to paint you with a broad brush, but a lot of you. there, are far more than there should have been. I don't want to make the playoffs. Fire Cashman right now. Analytics! Analytics! Ty, you have been working this entire time. I've been away. I just judging. I don't know if you have the evidence to back it up. The actual numbers. I'm guessing in the two weeks I've, I've been away. The analytics cries have have tempered some. Right. Have they there have. been? They have. They have tempered. OK.
2: Precipitously.
1: Yeah. They kind of fell off the, the cliff. Right. They, they they're, have. They're, Like the Mets. Yes, much like, I was going to say, just like the Mets fell right off. Like, if you took a stone and threw it off a highway overpass into, like, water down below, that's the way those calls have gone. There's not been that many cries of analytics lately. How about the people? Go get Theo Epstein. Bring him in here right now. You know who you are. You know who you are. And again, I'm not going to tell you that the way the Yankees were playing, I'm not going to have revisionist history. It was fair when the Yankees were playing the way they were for a majority of the season to be upset, to think, you know what? This team, every time I want to get on board, they do something to throw me off board. Every time I want to get in, they drag me back out. That was the line I was using a lot this year because it was true. So I'm not saying that you weren't fair to criticize the team. But again, the criticism is so over the the top that I think that now that things have stabilized, now that the Yankees are cruising along to October, I think that it's only fair for all you people who said that Brian, uh, Brian Cashman, you should publicly apologize to Brian Cashman. If it was all his fault when it was gone wrong, you'd have to say the guy deserves a little credit every once in a while, and now would be a good time one eight hundred nine one nine ESPN one 3776 one nine three seven seven six. Let's start things off on the phones. We'll go uh, let's see here. Matt and Queens. Matt, you're first up on ESPN New York.
3: Good morning, Gordon. How are you?
1: I'm fantastic, Matt.
3: I'm glad to hear that. You know, it's with the Yankees, um I can't really say I'm surprised because like I've been around a long time and I've seen some lots of things like this and you know, in 2004, I think the year was, you know, Boston hasn't won since 1918. They're losing by a run in the bottom of the ninth. They're losing the series of three. And some guy stands up and says, don't worry, we're, we're going to win this game. We're going to win the next three and then go to the World Series and win the next four. I mean, you know, these kind of things like the reason I think that they happen is because the number one thing is real professional athletes they think completely differently than, 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 regular people. I mean, obviously they, they have a skill set, but there's a certain that the competitiveness or something else that they have, it just, you know, it, they just have this belief or confidence or no matter what, it's like, you know, what Pete Orlando, maybe people didn't like the way, what he said, but you know, that that's the way, that's what you have to think when you're a professional athlete, if you lose that then you're done, if you're a professional athlete.
1: Yeah, no, what I think saying? that's fair, Matt, and I think that kind of goes back to the Luke Voigt comments about that he feels like he deserves to play, that he's put in something in this organization, and that he should not just be cast aside, that he's not going to go down to the minors or something like that. So, Matt, thanks for the phone call. But I, I think that it's fair to say that I am surprised. I did not. I think that there's a separation between, you know, the people that were saying, I don't even want to make the play. No, you if you have a chance to make the playoffs, you want to make the playoffs. But I am surprised. I did not think that this was coming. And it's always very easy for when things do happen to make it seem like going back in time that it was preordained. Well, you know, it was preordained. Of course the Yankees were going to get it turned around at some point. Of course the offense was going to start to, to, to click like it is right now. Of course this was going to happen. No, this was not preordained. I think And that, that's one of the reasons why I think people do deserve, uh, or excuse me, Brian Cashman does deserve an apology. Because he's the reason why it kind of turned around making the moves that they did at a time where I did not think they were going to make any moves because of the luxury tax threshold, being smart enough to figure out a way, you know what, pay a little higher in terms of prospects, get back players and not have to pay their salary, stay under that number, and it has absolutely turned their season around. So I would say, no, I absolutely am surprised. But I think that there's a difference between being surprised and the people who will now just make it out like well you know what I never said I didn't want to make the play I never said the season was over no you did and I think you should own up to that publicly right here 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number 1-800-919-3776 coming up more your phone calls we'll get into the Mets who you know again I did not really follow them as closely but we'll check to see what they've done in the two weeks that I was away and uh it was not good
0: You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com.
1: And we've been talking a lot today about the Yankees, which a lot of us left them for dead a while ago, but much like Lazarus, have risen from the dead. Eight in a row, closing in on 20 games over 500. And now I believe the updated number is 31-9. and In their last 40 games? I'll have to check on that. It, you know, the, the wins they keep piling up. So it, it becomes difficult to keep track. They keep, you know, they just keep rolling along. Just keep rolling along. So 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. 1-800-919-3776. And give it to me again, Ty.
2: Uh, the Yankees since July six are twenty nine and eleven.
1: Twenty nine and eleven. Oof, I was wrong. I was I was thirty one and nine. It's twenty nine and eleven. How silly of me! How silly of me! Um, but let's go back to the phone, shall we? One 919 ESPN is the telephone number. You know what? Let's hear from Aaron Boone because, in fairness, if I'm saying that that Brian Cashman deserves a public apology from people. Uh, I mean, who deserves a bigger apology than Aaron Boone? I mean, even as much criticism as Brian Cashman gets, the face, the point man, for all Yankee fan frustration and anger and hatred, clearly Aaron Boone, and all of a sudden things have turned around, so I guess he kind of deserves one as well. Here's Aaron Boone on, does he think that Luke Voigt is extra motivated? He's a good player. (laughs) I mean, and a good hitter. So... You know, and it's it's been, you know, he's he's lost a lot of at bats dealing with different injuries this year. So I know that part's been frustrating for him. But you know, when he's in the lineup, he's a really good hitter in this league. So you know, whether it's I'm sure everyone's going to draw every conclusion like everyone always does that it's because of this, it's not because of that. It, he's a good hit, good hitter. He's a good player, and. uh you know, he's gotten some big hits for us here over the last week um, and and a big night tonight. Yeah, obviously, last night, Yankees, another win against the Twins. So hopefully, you know what, I'd love to see the Twins just move to the American League East. Wouldn't that be fantastic? Maybe they maybe the Yankees can petition uh, Major League Baseball. I mean, all the changes that they have in Major League Why not just move the Twins to the East? Ah, yeah, Minnesota's not really in the ah, – come on. Alright, let's go to back to the phones. One 919 ESPN is the telephone number. We're going to James in Spring Valley. James, you're next up on ESPN New York.
4: Gordon, if you want to petition the twins to the East, let's can we petition the Astros back to the National League? Because James, you know, it seems that would fair. Be great.
1: Yeah, it seems fair. Bring I, well look, the Brewers are in the National League now. They used to be in the American League. But yeah, I mean, you could keep yeah. both of them in the National League. Well, maybe move them to the National League East so there would at least be one good team in that division. But go ahead, James. I'm sorry. I there,
4: there we go. There we there we go. So, and secondly, now, before this season, I was one of those people like, yo, just fire everyone. Wholesale changes. Uh, sign trying sell the team. You know, overreacting Yankee fan. Now, I will admit I was wrong because the Yankees have been playing great in the second half and they've won a lot of close games. Now, here's, here's – it's a two – quarter question number one obviously the Yankees are going to play that's not really the question the question is will the Yankees catch the Rays that's the big question because we the Yankees are probably going to get the first wild card spot but will they catch the Rays and secondly more importantly if they catch the Rays is this is this the team that could pro, that could possibly get to the World Series because they've been knocked on the door for a few years but they've been bounced by Houston and they bounced by Tampa last year. So, is this the year that the Yankees, assuming they catch, if they catch the raise, could they, A, catch the raise and B, could this team finally make it to the World Series?
1: Thanks. Well, look, James, and thanks for the phone call. I think what baseball has shown you over the, you know, since the inclusion of the second wild card, the key is get in and then you figure it out along the way, right? I mean, like 2019, right? The, the, um, the Nationals were a wild card. And they won the World Series. So am I telling you that the Yankees, if they're a wild card? No, I'd prefer to win the division. I think that that's going to be tough to do at this stage, even though it is only four now, which seems a whole lot closer than five and seems a whole lot closer than six. So, yeah, I mean, I think what has to happen there, and I think you saw it a little bit with the uh, the Red Sox, is that it takes two to tango. For you to make up a big deficit, and I think, what, the Yankees have, what, 40 games left or so? Um it takes a, it takes both teams to kind of be going in the, the opposite direction. So the Yankees were getting hot as the Red Sox cooled off, and they, they went right by them. Uh, I don't know that the Rays are going to cool off, but you know what? Putting some heat on them. You know, all of a sudden, four games, you look back with the way the Rays have played this season, and uh, they've been impressive, and they've certainly been right at the top of the division the whole entire year. But now you, you look, and there's about, you know, a little bit more than a month to go, And the Yankees are not that far back. I think that the Rays would probably wish the Yankees were a lot further back. He'd like to have a more comfortable lead. Now, I don't think the Rays are all worried about the Yankees because they have kind of controlled the Yankees here the last couple of years. But, uh, no, I mean, it's not out of the realm. of If you've already come back from 10 back of the Red Sox to make it out like four out of the – you know, it it would be silly to make it out like that would be an impossibility. Am I counting on that just right now? No. Uh, But in terms of the playoff stuff – you never know how it's going to break. You know, baseball's postseason is more. Um, it, it, it's it's probably the most open ended postseason that there is. And is it out of the realm of possibly You know, sometimes you get into that that one that one game wild card game. You lose that, you're already out, and it almost feels like you didn't make the playoffs. So let's not get carried away. It's fantastic the way the Yankees are playing right now. Uh, but you got time to worry about the playoffs. Let's focus on the right now and securing a playoff spot and see if you can take that four and make it three, take that three and make it two, and then all of a sudden you get excited because at the end of the season, you get to face off against the Rays one more time. you got to be within striking distance by then uh, of, uh, I think, you know one or two games, obviously. If you're, if you're only going to play three, you'd need a sweep at that point. All right, let's go back to the phones. Go to uh, Sam is in Rockland. Sam, you're next up on ESPN New York.
2: Hey Gordon, I do have to apologize for calling out Cashman earlier on, but I Good also job, did Sam. say that Luke, I also did say that Luke Boyd would have been uh, a great um, addition during those tough times when they were losing to the Orioles and all those other bad teams. Now, regarding Cashman, this is still a boom or bust team, and when it comes playoff time, I don't want to hear any any sort of uh, like uh, bad things if we call out Yankees again if. They're Stanton going over four, and all these other new additions are going over four, which two strikeouts, three strikeouts. I mean, uh, it's going to be one thing uh, with the Yankees, which is a good thing, is that every game is now must-watch TV. Every series is going to be much-watch TV. And even going forward with this boomer-bust mentality for the Yankees, I think that's the, new, that's the new normal with this team with the long-term contracts. That's it. I think it's going to boomer-bust season. That's it.
1: All right. Well, Sam, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know, um, you know, you're saying about if they don't do it in the playoffs, there's going to be no excuses. I mean, there are never excuses, right? I mean, you can you can say whatever you want, but there's never a time where anybody really in terms of fans, in terms of media is like, well, you know, just didn't work out for the Yankees this year. Oh, well, get them again next year. I mean, they get criticized fairly when they don't succeed. They got, did they not get criticized earlier this year when they weren't succeeding? No, they do. They get, they get hammered when, they, when things don't work. And if they go to the play, like, it wasn't like last year. The Yankees played a five-game series against the Rays, lost on, 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 by one run in the fifth game uh, on a home run at the end of the, 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 the five-game series. And there was no point at, well, you know what? The Yankees were really close against the Rays. They were right there and just couldn't get them. That was never the takeaway. The takeaway was they were so close. No, the takeaway was the Rays and their low payroll beat the the, the Yankees and their high payroll. So if I don't know how it's going to go this year if the Yankees end up uh, you know, going to the World Series, losing the wild card game. I can pretty much guarantee you, though, uh, that there will not be excuses. No one will give the Yankees a pass no matter how their season does end. Let's put it that way. Hey, you know what? It's time for the Yankees injury report brought to you by the Orthopedic Spine and Sports Medicine Group. Uh, well, let's start off with Glaber Torres. He obviously has been out with a thumb injury, took dry swings, fielded grounders on Friday. So he's on the IL. Gio Urshela, who has been out for a while as well, he's been dealing with the hamstring um Aaron Boone said that uh, it's possible he will begin a rehab assignment either Sunday or Tuesday. So it looks like those two guys are getting close to home and you know it's been a very disappointing season for glaber Torres, but uh again as as the season has kind of showed you with the Yankees has been other guys who have certainly struggled at times uh and, and all of a sudden if you can get it clicking at this point of the year all of those, those struggles that you had earlier in the year will be quickly forgotten. Quickly forgotten. All right, so that's the Yankees injury report brought to you by Total Orthopedic Spine and Sports Medicine, Long Island's premier orthop- orthopedic practice. Whether you have a sports injury, an age-related ailment, or something far more complex, their award-winning team are the experts at getting you back to you.
0: You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com.
1: And Dave has been stumped. He hasn't. Uh, he's not going to get any questions right at all today. I can tell you that right off the bat. That's one I can make a prediction on. Unlike Ty Butler, and I can stick by, because I am Gordon Damer filling in for Dave on this Saturday morning. It is time for Stump Rothenberg, and of course, as you know, Stump Rothenberg brought to you by the law offices of Andrew M. Cohen. All right. So one 919 ESPN is the telephone number. Uh, We'll see how far this goes today. Might just be one segment of stump. It depends on how strong people bring their game. And by strong, I don't mean hard questions. No, I don't want hard questions. Dave wants hard questions. I'm the opposite. I want nice, easy questions that I can just tout later on. Hey, I got five out of five. Even if they're spelling the word cat. I don't care. I want nice, easy questions that fit into my wheelhouse. Baseball trivia, movie trivia, maybe TV shows of the modern era, not from, like, 1957. But let's start it out. Who, uh, Ty Butler, who would you say I should go to first? I love this game because then you go the exact opposite. I'd Mm -hmm. say Dion and Queens. All right, let's go to Dion and Queens. Let's start it out with Dion. Dion, you're first up on Stump Rothenberg, my friend. What do you got?
2: Hi, Gordon. It's um, an MLB question.
1: An MLB question. All right, give it to me. The number one and number two owners
4: of the most career Grand Slams in MLB history were Yankees players. Can you name the two?
1: The most Grand Slams of, of all time?
3: Yes, number one and number two. They were yeah. both Yankees.
1: Well, perfect, because I know one, obviously, was, um, of course, Lou Gehrig. Uh, and I believe that the person that, lived, that passed Lou Gehrig was Alex Rodriguez. So Alex, Alex Rodriguez and Lou
4: Gehrig. You were on point. You there you go,
1: it. Dion. A nice. Now, would I say that that's the most difficult uh, trivia question of all time? No, I wouldn't. But it was right in my wheelhouse, Dion. Thank you, my friend. Uh, all right, let's uh, go back to Ty Butler. He will uh, guide us here on what we will do next. Uh, who do you got next for us here? You Ty threw Butler? me a curveball. Uh, See that? It's... I went with what you said, right? <laughs> Joe... You got to zig when they think you're gonna zag. <laughs> go ahead, my friend. What Joe do you got? in Jersey City. Joe in Jersey City. Joe, you're next up on Stump Rothenberg. Hey, Gordon. How are you? Good? I'm good so far, Joe. It'll depend on your question.
4: All right. It's a baseball pop culture question.
1: Okay. Baseball pop culture. In
4: 1960, okay. In 1968, John Lennon and Paul McCartney appeared on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson to promote their new Apple Venture. But unfortunately, Johnny Carson wasn't there that night. He had a special guest, you know, like a guest host who occasionally appeared on, you know, it was a legendary baseball announcer. Can you name him?
1: Legendary baseball announcer?
4: Yes, he appeared on The Tonight Show. (sighs) He was like one of the guest hosts when Johnny wasn't there.
1: Baseball announcer. It would, I think that, I'm trying to think of who would be, I feel like if it were Vince Scully, I would know that, and I don't think, I think it was him. I don't know that this is the guy, but I think at one point Joe Garagiola filled in on The Tonight Show. So I will say it's Joe Garagiola. Final answer? Uh, yeah. Yes, it was Joe oh, Garagiola. When he said final answer, I started to question myself. I said, damn it, it should have went with Vince Scully. It's L.A. Obviously, it's going to be L.A.
2: That's fantastic.
1: Two for two, baby. That that that's
2: great.
1: You get it, and that's that before one. my time. That is before my time. See, I so. always
2: struggle with how to judge those because obviously there's a generation gap. You yes, know, I wasn't watching Johnny Carson live. Right. Uh, so I don't know if that's you know, if that's in your
1: wheelhouse. If it's no, too it's tough. not in my wheelhouse. I'm not like a big. I was never a big late night. T- I know some people were huge late night TV show fans. Uh, that was never my wheelhouse. And you're up there. Wait, what are you? 73 now? I'm 73. I'm going to be 74 in August. Yep, yeah. absolutely. Um, all right, where do you say we go next, Ty I, s-
2: I say we go to uh, Anthony in MailPack.
1: Fran in Massapequa. Fran, you're next up on ESPN New York. Fran buddy. How you doing today? I'm good, Fran. What do you got for me? Who is the only NFL quarterback to win a Super Bowl and then play for a different
4: team the following season?
1: Win a Super Bowl. Only NFL quarterback to win a Super Bowl one year and then start for a different team the next year.
4: Well, the question said play for another team, but I would would assume he started, yes.
1: Only quarterback to play for another team after winning the Super Bowl. Hmm.
4: I'll give you a hint. He's a quarterback.
1: <laughs> yeah, that, that 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 helps me. He's a quarterback. <laughs> just, just. Yeah, no, that's it. no, all right. Um. I don't know that I know this one. Let me ask you this, Fran. Is it something that's happened in the last, like, 20 years? Or is this something that, that like, happened years and years? You ago? definitely it's, –
4: it's not an old – like, it's not somebody you don't know. You definitely – as soon as you hear the name, you're going to be you, – you've seen him play. its its I would say it's within 20
3: years, I'm pretty sure.
4: But you definitely – it's a name you definitely – you know, everybody knows.
1: Won a Super Bowl and then did not – Play with the team the following year. Taking time because Dave takes three, four minutes sometimes. Yeah, I know that he does. Uh, I'm sure Ty will uh, complain that um, that I'm taking too long.
4: By the way, Ty is the best.
1: Is he, though? I don't know. Um, I wouldn't yeah, go that yeah, far. Yeah, Ty is a great guy. Um, it should be
4: the
3: Ty Butler and Dave Rothenberg show. That's what it should be.
1: Well, well, see, you can see who's playing the uh, d- the drops and everything else. I'm gonna kick myself because I'm trying to think of. Yeah, if Super you get Bowl this wrong,
2: you're you're get, you're gonna be so upset. You know it for sure. You know the answer to this question.
1: He won a Super Bowl.
2: You know this, Gordon. Don't overthink it. Uh, most would argue they won the Super Bowl in spite of this this quarterback.
1: Oh, um, One. oh God, um, um final answer. Is that Trent Dilfer?
4: <laughs>
1: you got it yeah boy i should have gotten that one much quicker uh you know i was thinking like recent history because there's been so many guys who kind of like you know super bowl winning quarterbacks who then moved you know manning obviously brady last year uh that was a little tougher than i thought uh or at least for me it was uh all right we'll do one more here because uh we're getting we're getting a little late in the segment um what how do you say we go here um Ty Butler. You know, Anthony and Mayo Pack, I think, has been holding the longest. So let's go to Anthony and Mayo Pack. Hey, good morning, Gordon. Good morning, Anthony. How are you? I'm doing well. All right, U.S. history. U.S. history. Oh, this is not. <laughs> this is already yeah. off to a bad start.
5: Go ahead, my friend. Oh, that's an easy one. What city was President McKinley killed in?
1: <laughs> what city was McKinley killed in? Uh. Was William McKinley the president? All no, right, wasn't William McKinley right? Ah, where would a president be traveling? <laughs> I thought you were going where to say would, something else. Where would a president be traveling? <laughs> well, obviously, it can't be D.C. because then it wouldn't be uh, it wouldn't be a um, it wouldn't be a real question. It has to be somewhere weird. Has to be somewhere that a pres like what year was pre- what what year was McKinley president? Is this like nineteen thirties? Is this the 1920s? When when was McKinley's term? Can oh, give it was me before that. that. It was before, before that. Yes, so was sir. it? It was a, It was it like the eighteen It was the nineteen hundreds. Um, I think it was uh, late eighteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds. So it's got to be somewhere probably on the East Coast. Um, I don't know where it would... I mean, I really don't... I, I'm just kind of... Do you want the city or the state? Either one. Where would a... Pre- 1900, the president... I mean, where is he going to be traveling? I, I don't know that I know it. Uh, this is just... The fact that he's asking it makes me think it's either like New Jersey or New York. Um, so in terms of a state, I don't know. I'll say North Carolina. I'm sure that's uh, Buffalo, What was the New right York. answer? What was it? Buffalo, New York. Buffalo. New York. All right. Well, you know what? I was, I was sniffing around there. I almost had it, but not quite. So, he also asked you take... for a city. What's that? He asked you for the city. Well, then I said, "City, can I get the state? And he said, yes. Oh, okay. So, there we go. All right, well, I hate to leave it on a downer. Can we do one more? Sure. All right, let's do... Uh, oh, you know what? North Carolina. Maybe that's what got in my head. Lou in North Carolina, you're next up on uh, ESPN New York. Stump Rothenberg. Hey.
5: Yeah, thanks. Hey, Gordon. So, we're going to go TV with this one, TV shows. Okay. And on one of the Friends episodes... One of the Thanksgiving episodes, yeah. um, Monica's preparing Thanksgiving dinner and Phoebe comes and Chandler's on the couch watching football. And when Phoebe asks why well, he's watching football, he's doing that so he doesn't have to help Monica prepare. Okay. When Monica walks back in the room, Chandler screams and he says, blank scores again. Who is blank? What player did he say scores again?
1: Player that scores again. Oh, my gosh. I was never a Friends person. I always kind of uh, um, hated their success because the entire pacing of the show um, is really, it's completely Seinfeld. Like, Seinfeld kindly kind of remade the, the pacing of, of TV shows uh, in terms of the comedies in that time. And it was such a ripoff. So I'm not a real big Friends fan. So he, sa- he said that somebody scored again. Yeah, the player he, uh, he a player or a, a
5: team? A uh, t- uh, player. He says someone's last name. He just says the last name as she walks back in the room. And she says, is your team winning, honey? And he says, blank scored again. And then he proceeds to say, he looks at Phoebe and says, there is no blank. Because he's just acting like he's watching football.
1: Right, right. Um... Don't know. I'll say uh, Thomas. Thomas scores again. Anderson. Anderson. Damn it! I was so close. <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. Ah, I think we're going kind of long. Uh, PW in Jersey. PW. You're next up on ESPN New York. Stump Rotherberg. We got to end on a high note here. We can't end in a loss. All
4: right, Gordon. Let's go. Come on. Redeem yourself. I, yes, know I need you to love the
1: movies. Yep. I'll give let's you an go. easy one.
4: Ferris Bueller takes his friends to lunch. Who does he say he is? Party of three.
1: Um, oh, God, it's the, um, the Sausage King. The, do I need to get the Sausage King's name? You got
2: half of it. It would be better, you know, that you are the champ,
1: so I'll let you make your own rules, but. Uh, it was Abe, A- um, Art? Yeah, 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 yeah. A- I'm A- hitting my finger with my nose. Abe Froman. Abe sure. Froman. Sausage King, the Abe Froman. The champion wins. There the you champion. go. Oh, oh, yeah. all, right. all right, at least, uh, again, was it the, the, the strongest, hardest question in the world? Probably not.
2: That's your nephews calling the show.
1: To hey, you look, around. I'll take whoever I can get to uh, my nephew's. I don't even uh, I don't know that they're aware of Stump Rothenberg, but I appreciate the uh, the effort. And I should tell you, most importantly, Stump Rothenberg is brought to you by the law offices of Andrew M. Cohen. They provide high quality, timely, personalized legal services at an affordable rate. Start the process today. Call five one six eight seven seven zero five nine five or visit them at. AM Cohen Law.com. And when I have to sue Ty Butler for slander for the, the lies that he tells on the air, um, then I'm going to use uh, the great Andrew M. Cohen.
0: You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. Woke <laughs> up. What's up, What's up? Let's cut Go ahead, walk. go ahead, do that touch. Let me see you break it down. The Dave Rothenberg Show on 98.7 ESPN
1: Very dramatic liner that you play there, Ty Really, really build up to it I, I thought I missed it and then, and then it finally went Okay, alright
2: Gotta keep you on your toes, my man Make sure you're paying attention
1: Yeah, well, I guess Uh, Hey, it is Gordon Damer filling in for Dave Rothenberg on this uh, Saturday morning, 1-800-919-ESPN. Of course, the telephone number. we focused the first two hours mainly on the baseball because the Yankees playing so well, the Mets not. The Yankees rolling towards October, the Mets are not. But let's get into a little football because it's not going to be long now, people. It wasn't going to be long even before I took my vacation. now you're into preseason games. The regular season is right around the corner. Football is almost back. And by the time the season starts out, I'd have to assume that Dave will be done with his vacation. I'm assuming. I don't know this for a fact, but let's assume. Uh, but let's talk a little football because we get got the Jets and Packers preseason game coming up here at 98.7 FM, 3 o'clock this afternoon. And you've got a lot going on with the Jets. Uh, Everything with the Zach Wilson storylines there. Obviously, this week you get the Carl Lawson injury, which uh, what does every single solitary team talk about? Every fan base talk about preseason. Yeah, there's there's individual matchups. You want to see how this guy plays, how this thing works. Is the offensive line building together? Is the defense coming together? But what's the number? If you were to put together a list of things you would want out of your team in the preseason, the number one thing would be be let's just avoid injury. Let's make sure we get to the season healthy. And you get the news the other day, and it would seem like when you saw the tweets about Carl Lawson, you knew it was going to be bad. And sure enough, it was. Uh, ruptured Achilles, so he is lost for the season, and that is just, uh, it, it's just awful. You just feel bad for him. You feel bad for the Jets. Uh, so we'll get into that in a little bit. But let's talk with Zach Wilson because it seems like now – uh, Robert Salas said that he will play a couple more series in this game that he did in the first game, and he looked fine in the first game from what I saw, but it almost seems like the breathless coverage, of everything he does is a bit much, the good things, the bad things, can we just allow, we, we've been down this road now a couple of times. Can we just kind of allow the guy to go out there and play a little bit before we get a feel for what he's actually doing? And I think it's fine to say he played fine. I know that that's not going to – you're not going to get a lot of clicks on a story which says that Zach Wilson looked fine, so it's going to be Zach Wilson is amazing, he's a superstar in the making, or Zach Wilson struggles mightily, he looks completely lost. I get that that's the way the coverage is going to go. But I would think for a fan base who's been down this road a few times before, can we just kind of keep everything in perspective a little bit? It's like the friend that you have that, you know, they're, they're dating a new girl now. And everything about, oh, this girl's amazing. This girl is... This. You just broke up with someone else. You just told me all the same things about. Can we just kind of... Can we see if you're still dating this girl in a month before we start walking down the aisle? Uh, please. Or, or the, or the, the friend that has, you know, all the, the get rich quick schemes, you know, like, you know, I'm not going to invest my money in that. Just, you know, go, go peddle your snake oil someplace else. Let's just take a little breath. Let's just take a little while to see how this thing goes, because I know this is probably not going to be all that popular. But this Jets season is not really about wins and losses. Now, every team, I know that every team is judged by their wins and losses, but this Jets team this year. To me, this, this should be the season where you're just kind of hoping to put some kind of foundation in place. And the quarterback, obviously, is going to be the biggest part of that foundation. But to, to every single solitary thing that happens, to go through the ups and downs, that's what it's going to be about. And when things are going poorly, you're hoping that he's going to be able to turn things around. And when he's playing well, you're hoping it kind of stays that way. But he's going to play as much as humanly possible. And one of the things that i heard this week and certainly interested in your opinion, 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Well, you know, Joe Douglas is really screwed up because there's no viable backup quarterback on this Jets team. And that if for some way Zach Wilson goes out there and gets hurt, well, you don't have anybody backing him up. The Jets are all in on Zach Wilson. I mean, what, there, of course there's not going to be a real backup plan to, to him. It's all based on he was the second pick in the draft. Of course there's not going to be a backup to, you know, like a what I like, somebody who's kind of, you know, been through the NFL ropes before. Yeah, sure, that would be nice. But I don't know necessarily that it's going to um, be some major plus to, to Zach Wilson as long as he's on the field. If Zach Wilson goes down for any reason, either injury or ineffectiveness, the Jets are screwed. And a good bulk of this season is getting him through his his rookie NFL year and hope that it ends better maybe than it starts. Now look, maybe he'll go out there right away. He certainly has a better supporting cast than, than Sam Darnold had. He clearly has a, a better head coach <laughs> than the one that Sam Darnold had. So, And I think that there's just a natural... You know, Jets won two games last year and probably should have won a whole lot more, even with a terrible coach and even with what you'd have to say is a subpar roster. So they probably should have won even more games than that last year. So I don't want to say that the wins and losses don't matter at all, but that's not the primary thing that should be focused on this year with the Jets. This is about this is now Joe Douglas's team. This is now Joe Douglas's organization and getting things pointed in the right direction over the course of the season, moving forward, that you hope now that when this season is over, the, uh, the massive changes that you see and the massive changes that are talked about almost every single year with the Jets, do we got to find a new quarterback? Do we got to find a new GM? Do we got to find a new coach? You're hoping that those three things are now going to be in place for, for quite some time. So uh, I don't know, man. I just think that uh, I'm interested to see, and I think that Jet fans can have a legitimate excitement about the season because you do have a fresh start, and you do have a new quarterback, and you have a coach that I don't care who you are, you're going to believe in more than the the, the previous guy. I mean, it would be kind of impossible for any Jet fan to realistically – every team and every fan base is excited for the start of the year, but the last two years, it would have been very hard for Jet fans – to have any legitimate excitement about wins and losses or the direction of the organization, considering who was running the organization in terms of the head coach. That's different now. And you're hoping that this is the this is the first step in what is going to be a few steps, I think, of getting this team back into the playoff chase. I don't think it's going to happen this year. I'm sure there will be some surprising wins. I, I think that you're going to have a very young team and one that maybe surprises you in some ways and disappoints you in others. It's not a complete team. There's still holes on the team. Obviously, everybody's kind of pointed out uh, the issues in the secondary. We'll have to see how the offensive line comes together. But that's, I think, true of a lot of young teams with 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 new quarterbacks. And it will kind of grow over the course of the season. But I, I don't think that anybody should be really... Thinking about in terms of wins and losses per se. Well, the Jets have to win this many games. They have to. They have to win more games than they won last year. Let's put it that way. There's no. Uh, there's no scenario that the Jets can win two or three games this year. I don't care how it transpires. Where you would say, you know what? They only won the same amount of games as last year. But you know what? It wasn't all that. I feel good about the direction of, of the organization. No, if you're sitting there, it would be almost impossible to envision. There's a very good chance that only one team wins two or three games this upcoming year, um, and I don't think it's going to be the Jets. So I think that they're going to be a more competitive team. They'll certainly be a more exciting team, and you're interested to see what Zach Wilson brings to the table. This is, this is a huge step up, even for a guy who was the second pick in the draft. It's a, ba- it's a bad team that he's coming into. You're hoping to have upgraded talent all over the place, and upgraded offensive line, certainly upgraded skill positions, but it's probably going to be a work in progress that first year. So uh, to, to think that uh, all of a sudden he's going to come in here and um, either be the superstar that people are, 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 are talking about right off the bat, just kind of let, let's see how it goes. Let's see how it plays out before we start making our predictions about this thing or that thing. And I would think that if I was a Jet fan at this point, after being down this road a few times between Mark Sanchez and certainly with Sam Darnold, I would think I would be saying to myself, you know, what, let's let's see it happen first before I'm getting all worked up about it. You know, th- there has to be I don't know, maybe it's my age, but I would feel like my my optimism overall would be shaded by somewhat of, of life experience. Like it's kind of hard to 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 fall in love right away every single time when you've been down this road and it's failed so many times before. Rather than just jumping in with the optimism of youth over and over and over again, let's see how it plays out. There, there's reason to be excited about Zach Wilson. I think it was at the time. I think so now that it was the right move to make. It was time to have a fresh start. And let's see where it goes. But the breathless coverage of everything about him, let's take a little step back and let's just see how it plays out, can we? one eight hundred nine one nine. espn is the telephone number, one eight hundred nine one nine three seven. Seven six. And then obviously the other big story this week was the injury to Carl Lawson, which you have to feel awful for him. It seemed like he was having an amazing camp so far. And again, I don't know, maybe it's just the way that I read the coverage in my own voice, but it seemed like every single story, every single tweet when it had to come to, to Carl Lawson, devastating death blow for the Jets, an absolute gut punch. Again, this is not a team that is going to be winning nine and 10 games. Now, this is a foundational piece. And what you're kind of hoping is putting the foundational pieces in place because of what you signed them for. And obviously it was the biggest uh, signing that you made this offseason. But I, I, again, you're a team that's looking at five, six, seven wins, maybe on a, on a perfect if everything kind of breaks. Right. It's a building year. It's a, found, it's, a it's a it's a growth year. It's about putting the things in place so that by the end of the season, you feel a whole lot better about where you're going than where you've been. But to 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 think that, oh, we lost Carl Lawson, this is devastating. It's one piece in in what is, should be an upgraded defense. And a defensive line that you'd have to say is probably one of the strengths of the team as well. So I, I just I, – I, the, the breathless coverage of everything when it comes to uh, the Jets this season, it just seems like a little bit much. And maybe – After being through what you've been through, now being the team with the longest playoff drought, I don't know, maybe take a little step back and say, you know what, let's see where it goes. Let's, let's, let's not think that it's all predetermined ahead of time that this guy's going to come in and be a star and that guy's going to come in and be a star right away. It's going to take a little while. Because what ends up happening is if you do that, if you say, well, you know what, this is going to work out perfectly and that, you're just setting yourself up for disappointment. Because, again, I don't think the Jets are going to be a 9-10 win team right out of the box this year. And anybody who does think that is probably being a little delusional. And it's probably been delusional in the past. <laughs>
0: You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com.